I'm Kate Daniels. Certainly, we're aware of the very sad and tragic situation we have in our cities, the people that we call the homeless. We hear it being said that something needs to be done. We look at locations for tent cities and we're creating some tiny houses. And we may wonder, is this the solution? Is it really enough? Listen closely as we meet Killian No, the founding director of Recovery Cafe in Seattle, a healing community. The activities taking place, the transformations that have been going on for over a dozen years, these are truly changing lives. Let's get more insights and learn how we can help as we meet Killian. Killian No, good morning. Thank you so greatly for taking time with us today. Thank you, Kate for being so interested and passionate about these issues. Well, you know, saying that, what um, I guess kind of happened is that I work downtown Seattle, and over the years I have passed so many people sitting on the street, their hands out on the street, people who are bedraggled, and, and my heart is aching thinking, you know, what is it I can do? I mean, just giving them, a, you know, a 50 cents, giving them $5, that is not the solution. So when I heard about Recovery Cafe, it was like this magnificent light bulb went off, and, and I was put in touch with you, Killian, and the wonderful work that is, you know, really going on right here in our community. It's phenomenal. Well, thank you. So it was easy to then reach out and say, okay, I need to learn more. Um, so you're here this morning, but in the process of that, uh, let us I want to mention that uh, you sent me the book that you'd uh, written, How Recovery Cafe Came to Be, called Descent into Love. And, uh, you know, this is a book that everyone really should read so we can really have that open heart to these members of our community who are suffering, who are in the throes of addiction and homelessness and not just kind of discount them and say, oh, look at this awful homelessness problem we have. Right, right. And so you came to this work because it is your passion, because you have this deep love. Well, I think you said it so beautifully yourself. Um, I came to it out of a broken heart, really, for the women and men that I passed every day. This At the time, I was living in Washington, D.C., and there were 10,000 homeless people on the streets. And it, it broke my heart to know that, in a very real sense, they were, they were trapped, trapped either by a mental health challenge or trapped by addiction, which is obviously a mental health challenge. And so I began to, to ask, what would be an effective and compassionate response to these members of our community who really are trapped and, and suffering so, so much? And so the thing that we might say right at the outset of this, too, is that this work is happening and very successfully because the people then who come to Recovery Cafe really achieve success and are living really productive lives, really living their life purpose. Well, 
you know, people are always asking, what is the secret sauce of Recovery Cafe? What what makes it work? What makes it um, such a special place? And I really believe that it is because every person who walks through our door is not just a person, is not viewed as just a person who has suffered and a person who needs services. But every person is viewed as someone, yes, someone who has suffered, but someone who has so many gifts to give and can become such a contributor. And that's what all of us want to be. We all want to be contributors. That's what gives our lives meaning. So one of the, I think, at the heart of Recovery Cafe is that everyone is viewed. In fact, we call the people who who we serve at Recovery Cafe members, not clients, because the idea of client um, is someone who receives services, and it's really important to us to to help create the narrative that all of us are contributors and the gifts that each person brings, all of the gifts each person brings, is important to the whole. And I think that's part of the special sauce of Recovery Cafe. There are a couple of other things that I think also are really at the heart of what is special about the community, but um, one other may be that this notion that all of us really long to be deeply known not just known for this person that we present to others um, in in some sometimes in a somewhat superficial way, but we, we want to be known for all of us. We want to be known in our struggles and in our giftedness and and um, we want our stories to be known, and so we work really hard to make Recovery Cafe a place where people's stories can be told, which is a very healing thing. And there's people's stories are honored, which is also, I think, a, a part of the healing that happens. And the healing comes, as you say, sharing the stories. You have what you call recovery circles. Right, right. So... That is um, the structure where those stories, I mean, we're always sharing our stories in many different ways in in all of the classes that are offered in the School for Recovery um, and in many different settings. But but the structure that everyone is required to to participate in is the structure called Recovery Circle. Everyone's a member of a recovery circle, and that is a small circle. We talk a lot about the uh, loving accountability that happens when you are deeply known. So it's in the in that structure, that recovery circle, that people are most deeply known, and and so in our community of of roughly 350 members at any given time and and, and roughly 1,000 members over a year's 
uh, in any given year. But in our community, not everyone will be deeply known by everyone else, but everyone will be deeply known by somebody, by this small group that uh, becomes our family. And it's that relationship that is really quite central to the healing that that occurs. And when I think about the healing, it's not just the members who are coming in who come from perhaps that life on the street and addictions and mental health issues, but it's the volunteers to participate. And we realize too, don't we? I'm saying we. I have not participated. But I get the sense that there's that experience, of course, that all of us connect in that way. Absolutely. I think that real authentic relationships are what change us. They're what give life deep meaning. And and we value the relationships that cross many, many different barriers in our community. As, as you mentioned, we have hundreds of volunteers who come in whose life experience has been different from uh, many of the women and men who come in literally from the streets. And yet there is um, there is something very powerful that happens when these boundaries are crossed and when people become friends and come to know each other in um, whole new ways. It's, it's freeing for, for the volunteers. It's freeing in many ways for the members. It's a powerful, powerful experience and something we value very much in, in our community. Perhaps it's this part of the secret sauce, but here's with Recovery Cafe, what I really value is that it is a commitment to recovery and that people, the people who have been doing the work, really end up as part of the staff or or leading some of the different groups or even go out into the world to be able to work. I'm thinking of someone who became a yoga instructor. Oh yes, definitely. So, as I mentioned in the in the very beginning of our conversation, one of the key central values is that everyone is a contributor. And so what we work very hard at is finding the places where each person can contribute and grow and develop their unique gifts. So, and we look very hard for for the gifts of leadership in our members so that we can help nurture the gifts um, of good leaders. And then we try to raise up leaders from among our members to lead recovery circles and to uh, sponsor people in the 12-step programs and to teach uh, classes. And as you were referring to, one of our well, many of our members actually have completed a yoga training program that we offer at Recovery Cafe, and many are now yoga instructors in, in different places. In fact, uh, one of uh, my favorite stories is one of our members who suffered a lot from hearing voices. That was one of the symptoms of her, her mental illness. And she found that the practice of yoga and the deep breathing and the becoming very still and going to her center really helped to calm
calm the voices and silence the voices. So eventually, she went through a, a yoga training program at Recovery Cafe, became a yoga instructor, and then began volunteering at a local mental health clinic, helping people who suffer from hearing voices. So that story kind of captures the spirit of Recovery Cafe that we all, all of us, I don't care if you're staff, volunteer, member, we all bring our wounds and our brokenness and our suffering, and we also bring gifts. And what helps us to live those gifts more fully and what helps us to heal from our brokenness is having a place to serve, a way to serve, a way to offer our lives for others, for a purpose greater than ourselves. So that that's the heart of our community. And which is so wonderful and vibrant. And you're going into your 14th year here in the greater Seattle area, right? That's right. Yes. And you've grown because it started as this desire and seeing the need where you opened your first cafe uh, downtown Seattle, but then you quickly outgrew it, basically, and had to move to bigger uh, quarters and much more established quarters because of this need, and but just not the need, the success. Well, we've been very blessed by the support of so many in the Seattle community. I can't express enough our gratitude that and we feel very strongly that because we've been given so much and blessed to be able to do this work in Seattle we want to in turn share everything we've learned and help groups in other parts of the country who are also inundated with the need for recovery support and for healing community and so we started what is called the recovery Cafe Network, and that network is we offer any group, any nonprofit or group of inspired citizens, but it would need to be a group of people who have have come. I don't think one person could do this by themselves, so we encourage groups who have come to believe that this is the right model for their community. We've invited them to to come and be a part of a learning cohort for two years with us. And during that time, we'll impart everything that we've learned and hopefully some really good tools and good documents and things that we've developed. And hopefully the groups won't have to make some of the mistakes that we made and learned from. And, And so we invite them to come and we will walk with them and help them launch this model in their city or their town. Because, as you know, Kate, and I think it's on the news enough that most people in our country know, we have an epidemic in our country of um, addiction, and we have much untreated mental illness, and we cannot just turn our heads and walk away from people in our community who are suffering from mental health challenges, and addiction being one of those challenges. So we are excited to be able to offer our support to any group ready to learn and open a recovery cafe in their town. And in fact, that has happened, right? Well, yes. We 
We have five groups who we've been able to work with and help launch Recovery Cafes. Four of those are in the state of Washington, and one is in San Jose, California. And we are um, looking forward to beginning our next cohort in October with a number of other groups from other places in the country, even one out of the country, one from Canada. So we are um, really excited to offer what has been, you know, we just feel has been given uh, through so much support here in Seattle. And what occurs to me is why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. When this has been going on for over a decade, well over a decade, with such success and continues to grow, and people have maintained their sobriety, that speaks volumes. Yes, we um, have 90% of our members have reported that Recovery Cafe helped them find recovery, and 96% have reported that coming to Recovery Cafe helped them maintain their recovery. So, you know, it's not really rocket science that all of us need community. If we are to become who we say we want to become, we need each other, all of us, because all of us have some area of our life where we are struggling or we are suffering or where we simply cannot do it on our own. All of us have many areas of our lives like that, if we're honest. And so this is a model. And another thing, Kate, is that the model of of just sending someone to treatment for 28 days to address their addiction or some other mental health challenge Yes, it's awesome if you can go to a 28-day inpatient treatment program, but on day 29, you need community to maintain the recovery that you've begun in the inpatient treatment. Sadly, not everyone is able to even go to an inpatient treatment program, but so many people come to us and they've managed to pull together 24 hours and then they come to us and begin to establish a foundation in recovery with us from that hour 25, you know. And so without the advantage of a 28-day a, a inpatient, the community is what makes the crucial difference in someone maintaining recovery for the long haul. And the stories of how critical that community is and how it just naturally evolves in the most appropriate times and places. Your book, Descent into Love, really gives us that awareness. It really speaks such volumes as to how this is actually working. If someone is, you know, feeling suspicious of it, oh, is that really possible? It is. And this really underscores that community and the building of relationships. Well, it's definitely been our experience that real community makes the difference. And so here we are dealing with so many people who are sadly living on the streets, how do they become aware? Is it word of mouth that they find out about Recovery Cafe? Yes, at this point, it's um, word of mouth. They're, I think we're well-known 
on the streets and well-known by other service providers. In the beginning, we had to go to other service providers like mental health clinics and treatment programs and shelters um, and tell them about this new expression. And now it's definitely well-known on the streets. And so something as critical as being 24-hour sober, that is something that an individual knows before they come to your doors? Most people know that. Now, some some might say, well, why don't you just take someone, you know, while they're still detoxing or with uh, five hours without drugs or alcohol? And we, you know, wrestled with that for a long time. But what we realize is that the people who are really trying to attain and maintain and build the foundation of recovery, our members really need to know that when they come into the cafe, it is going to be safe. There will not be anyone in Recovery Cafe who is currently using or who has used within the last 24 hours. So it's just a sort of a baseline uh, safety measure. And we think that it, it really, um, when, when someone does come to us with, who was, has not pulled together that first 24 hours, we, we invite them to, to go to a 12-step meeting right on the other side of our building. We have one entrance of our building where people could come and go to a 12-step meeting and they don't have to have the 24 hours. They just simply have to have a desire for recovery at that point. So there is, uh, there, there are places that they could go and then come to us once they've got the 24 hours. So it's made very easy for anyone, easy in the sense of those uh, opportunities exist. It's not a door being slammed in anyone's face. Yeah, it's not a door being slammed. Um, It's made, I would say it's made possible for anyone. I think that that first 24 hours is never going to be easy. Um, And I know that's not what you meant. But I, I think it is made possible for anyone who is ready to to try to to build a life in recovery. And and I, I think it's important to, to note that we do not just welcome people who are in recovery from substance use disorder. We welcome people who are in recovery from many different things and many different mental health challenges. And, and many people are suffering from what we call co-occurring disorders, which is the substance use disorder and some other mental health challenge. So we're very um, inclusive and believe that all of us really, if we're honest, have some issue that um, where recovery is needed. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, Killian, because it, it really is important to note that there are so many people on the streets who suffered such trauma. So that wasn't alcohol and drugs specifically in their life, but they maybe lived in it or there was physical and sexual abuse from their childhood. These people are suffering from those traumas. So how can we judge them and look down our noses at them 
when all of this happened in their lives and they just hadn't the resources to deal with it as young children? That is such a good point. In fact, nine out of 10 of our members have suffered some trauma, many of them early childhood trauma, and have never had a place to heal. And so it is such an incredible privilege and joy to be a part of the community that uh, welcomes people and says, hey, now, finally, here's a place where you can heal. Here's a place where you can become all that you were created to become. And here's a place where you can fulfill your potential um, because you have so much potential. So it, it really is a joy to be able to, to be a part of it. And we are so fortunate that you happened to land in Seattle, like 1999. That's and, right. Right? You were, That's right. You were following your guidance to be here, following the Spirit, and to then keep answering the call or asking the question, answering the call to create this. So we have this in our community. And as you mentioned, Killian, that this is now a model for others to replicate and be able to build this phenomenal path, really, a, a pathway to, as you said, people becoming all they can be, because there are all these different programs for them to tap into at Recovery Cafe. That's right. And as you know, it was a, a privilege to come to Seattle and to be able to be a part of launching this. But as you know, any effort that is effective involves so many people. So there's so many people who have really given of themselves and of their experience and their wisdom and, and their resources to make this happen. And that's what it will take in other communities as well. It won't be easy. It won't be just a one person saying, oh, I think this is a good idea. It takes a lot of people coming together and a lot of different gifts and a lot of different sacrifices and the need, of course, keeps going on. It isn't like, okay, we are set. That's never the case. There's always room for more involvement and a need for more relationships and more people participating in this. And, of course, uh, the doors are wide open to that here in Seattle, right, Killian? That's right. That's right. We welcome volunteers who want to be a part of it or who just want to put their weight down in whatever way is right for them. It might be through financial support. It might be through being one of our volunteers. It might be someone who wants to become a member and really work on an issue that needs healing in their lives or a trauma that needs attention. So we welcome people with many different needs and many different gifts. And the way to find out more and get involved would be, I'm guessing, through the website? The website would be great. You could send us a message through the website. There's a mechanism for that. And that, that would be a great place to start because you could also read about the many different opportunities there. And it's a very simple website, which is? Recoverycafe.org. Yes, very simple. And I also want to mention again and highly, highly recommend this book, Descent into Love, 
for any of us who might want to approach it from a more theoretical perspective to begin with, the stories are so compelling. They just open our heart, I believe. Actually, what came to mind for me as I was reading it is this is a journey of tears, but of hope and of love as well. And you have done such an incredible work in creating the book, Killian. I thank you for that. And of course, for all of your energies, your vision for Recovery Cafe. Well, Kate, you are so kind, and I am so grateful for the obvious passion that that you have for, and the love that you have for the women and men who in our community are so often ignored and forgotten. So I'm so grateful for you. Well, I do my little piece, and if we all do that, we'll come to a greater place, won't we? That's right. Yes. Well, again, many thanks, Killian, and I so appreciate your taking time with us this morning. I am so grateful for this time. Thank you, Kate. You're so welcome.